Welcome back. 106.1 ESPN. Matt Joseph's here, and uh, it is race weekend. We kind of lost it a little bit in the uh, in all the start of Commanders camp this week, and of course ACC kickoff and some other college football media days. But of course, it is uh, NASCAR race weekend, and that means we get to sit here from our favorite folks with uh, NBC Sports, NBCSports.com backslash NASCAR. Joining us now, Nate Ryan. Nate, what's going on? Not much, man. I'm at the uh, racetrack, and uh, I'm trying to remember if it was ever 99 degrees in late July when I lived in Richmond. But, um, yeah, a little bit hot, but still good race weather, I think. (laughs) So, yeah, let's start there then. How do the drivers handle this heat? Do they have to do anything different with their cars when they practice? Uh, The thing with practice these days, Matt, is they they hardly get any time. So uh, there won't be a lot that they can do uh, when they're on the racetrack tomorrow. Um, it's pretty much a truncated, like, 30-minute practice that goes directly into qualifying. So uh, there's not nearly as much as they could do in the days pre-pandemic when they would practice anywhere from, like, two to four hours over the course of Richmond Race Weekend. Um, the thing, obviously, that they'll be looking to fix or, or to improve will be, I, with these kinds of temperatures, I would expect the track to be extremely slick, um, which could be good in a way you know i I heard some drivers were saying after the the race earlier this year that um they almost preferred their cars to be loose um meaning that the back end wants to come out as they're going through the turns um that they're a lot of them were fighting conditions where their cars were tight um and which means that they were kind of pushing up the nose was pushing up toward the wall when they were in the turns if the track is this hot and this slick tomorrow i i don't think they should have as great a concern about that it'll probably help free their cars up a little bit more so i think that's probably what we'll see them working on in practice tomorrow i know we heard it at one point maybe it was maybe earlier this year or in previous years that these guys use a lot of video game type of things simulations to do their practice instead is that something that they're going to do more uh nowadays and especially with the way that they don't practice as much on on the track yeah i i don't know if i could put a percentage on that but i'd say probably at least 80 to 90 percent of the prep work and simulation or uh, setup work, meaning you know what they do in terms of suspension settings and configurations and tire pressures. 80 to 90 percent of that is all done uh, via computer, via simulation. And each manufacturer in the Charlotte area, Toyota, Ford, and Chevrolet, each manufacturer has a state-of-the-art driver sim room um, where it's it's booked solid. I mean, they if you if you were a NASCAR fan and wanted to get autographs and knew where these were, you could just stand out there Monday through Friday, uh, literally like sun up to sundown, and probably get every star that you could have possibly wanted. I mean, that's how teams and drivers have to do their prep now because, you know, like you said, like it's it's a really realistic simulation. It's not really a video game. Um, and I, I think it's a good way to kind of relate it to people is that, you know, it's it's kind of like being on PlayStation or Xbox, but imagine the most realistic version of a video game ever. I mean, it's truly like virtual reality uh, level realism, and that's how a lot of these teams and drivers now set up their cars. Have they ever let you sit in on one of those, or is it that realistic? Yeah, I've observed a few of them. I've never actually got to drive one. I think they're really um, <laughs> they're real finicky about that. I don't know if they let anybody else just sit in one of those, but I've watched drivers. Um, turn laps in them, um, and it's it, it's it's kind of just like what you'd expect if you were sitting at home on on your couch playing Xbox or PlayStation. Like you can pull up any track you want and cycle through them and and try any sort of setups that you want. And 
Um, but the fidelity of these programs, the software now is so high, it's so strong that um, teams and drivers can get pretty close, close enough to where I think drivers still would prefer to have more practice. I mean, defending series champion Joey Logano has been very outspoken about this, that he wishes NASCAR would have more track time, and that might be something they consider in the future. But for now, uh, there's a real high degree of comfort with uh, teams using simulation to figure out how to make their cars go fast. So there's five races left in the regular season, and there are five drivers within 30 points and seven within 56 points, and there's looking like there's two spots left in the field. Um, how do you think this is kind of laying out here? Is NASCAR happy with how many spots are available with so few races left? Oh, yeah. Uh, I, it, it's been this way. You know, I can't recall many years, Matt, since uh, they went to this playoff structure uh, in 2014 and then they tweaked it in 2017. I, I can't recall a year where you didn't have cutoff line battles like this. Uh, of course, it's a little different from the Richmond Raceway perspective because Richmond Raceway used to be in the playoffs uh, prior to getting moved to July. But before that, of course, Richmond Raceway was the cutoff race from 2004 through, I believe, 2017. Um, so th- this is a different kind of role for this track to play. Uh, and you, you said it exactly right. I mean, it's basically five or six guys going for what looks like to be about two spots right now on points. But the thing about it is anybody outside uh, the top 16 can win and guarantee themselves a, a playoff berth. That's, that's what makes the points battle uh, kind of really tricky to follow and really dramatic as well because just because – if you're Michael McDowell or whatever, and you're having this amazing underdog Cinderella season for a, a, a mid-level team like Front Row Motorsports, you're not going to feel safe until you get to Daytona, unless he wins a race. Just because of the way things shake out. I mean, when we go, when NASCAR goes to Daytona for its regular season cutoff in late August, uh, yes, there will be guys in that points bubble, and, and some of them might have a good cushion. But provided somebody from outside the top 16 wins a race it's going to knock one of those people out. And that's what makes it so dramatic and so unpredictable. So I'm looking at the guys that are kind of in the mix around the bubble, and one name pops up, and I notice, obviously, he's a rookie because I haven't seen his name very often. It's Ty Gibbs, who's 28 points out. Um, How is Ty done, and and, and is he so much of a wild card that people should be interested in what he does the rest of these couple races? He's definitely one to keep an eye on, Matt. And he's had a decent rookie season. He's taken his lumps like I think everybody would have expected him to. Uh, you know, he won uh, the Xfinity Series Championship last year, and there was a lot of talk about is he being rushed to cup. And I don't think teams and drivers really look at it as rushing people to cup anymore because really you need about 100 cup starts to really, even if you're someone as talented as Ty Gibbs, or we saw that with his teammate, Christopher Bell, uh, who made the championship round last year, it takes about 100 cup starts just to get to the point where you can optimize, maximize your talent. So um, he was you know, maybe thrust into this maybe a year earlier than you know, Toyota or Gibbs might have wanted, but he did win the Expandy Championship. Um, he filled in for Kurt Busch the second half of the 2022 season and showed flashes. This year I think he's, he's struggled a little bit more because it's just been it's, – it's really, really tough, and there's so many different racetracks. Uh, and so many different styles of racetracks that you have to be good on. But he could win a race. I mean, he's, he's, he's had a couple of periods during the season where there were a four- or five-race stretch where he was consistently in the top ten. So 
I don't think a victory would be out of the question uh, for Ty Gibbs over the last few races. There's a couple of road courses. I don't know if I would put him in the mix there, but Michigan next week, even Daytona, or even Richmond. I mean, who knows? I mean, it would certainly be, I know, for uh, someone who follows the Redskins like like you and or I'm sorry, the Washington football team, the Washington Commanders. Sorry. Um, someone who's got your audience here, I'm sure that they would love to see a Gibbs win at Richmond. Who else of, amongst uh, these bubble drivers do you like to kind of edge their way in there, barring somebody kind of taking it by just winning a race? Um, I, I, I think, again, like McDowell, I think, is somebody certainly to keep an eye on in terms of points. Um, Bubba Wallace, I, he could be a factor at Michigan. Uh, Toyota has really been coming on lately, and he's a Toyota driver, as is Ty Gibbs. Uh, you know, after going winless in the first five races, I think this year, Toyota has won uh, seven of the last 16 races, I believe. So uh, they appear to right now have the strongest cars, even though uh, earlier this season at, at Richmond, it was more of a Chevrolet show. Um, I, I like uh, uh, Chase Elliott, too. I mean, Chevrolet driver, of course, former champion in 2020 and a guy who's missed several races this year because of an injury and a suspension. But I mean, he could win anywhere, and he's he's far, far outside. There's no way he's probably going to make uh, the top 16 on points. Like, that pathway is pretty much closed. So it's pretty much winner else for Chase, and he's he's good at super speedways like Daytona. He's really good or has been really good at, ra- at road courses, uh, and there's two of those coming up at Indianapolis and Watkins Glen. So uh, those would be some names I'd be looking for. I know we were concerned early on about Denny's season. Uh, obviously, he gets the victory, and he's coming off another victory in Pocono. Has Denny kind of righted the ship a little bit from a slow start? Yeah, Denny has definitely righted the ship, Matt, and uh, it, it's good to see. Um, and what I like is that, as everybody saw at Pocono, um, he's not af- afraid to wear the black hat. I mean, he's reached the point in his life where, you know, 42 years old, um, I don't think he cares what people think about him anymore, which is, I think, great for Denny, but it's even better for NASCAR. Because <laughs> the reaction to Denny's win at Pocono, obviously, was a lot of booze. And I, I think he rubs some of the fan base the, uh, the, the wrong way, and that's a good thing. Like, NASCAR needs more drivers sort of willing to embrace that villain role a little bit. Not to say that Denny um, is a villain, but he's often not the hero either. He's kind of always been in the middle, but like what I love about Denny Hamlin is go all the way back to, you know, when he was racing at Southside Speedway and, and coming his way up through the ranks. Then he always seems to be in the middle of things. He always seems to find himself near controversy. Um, and you know, whatever the top headline is, he's got a knack for that. And, um, yeah, I mean, his, his car has been coming on lately. His team has shown, uh, they didn't make the championship round last year, but they made it the three previous years uh, before that, 2019 to 2021. So I still think, and I kind of hope, that Denny Hamlin's got another championship in him. I mean, he's got 50 wins now. His Hall of Fame status, he's, he's going to be a NASCAR Hall of Famer, no question. But I think a championship would, would be the one thing, the one void on his resume that would make his career totally complete. Wrapping up here with Nate Ryan of NBC Sports. Um, what do you make of this story that just came out yesterday about Xfinity races going to be on the CW network starting in 2025? Yeah, it's an interesting uh, decision, Matt. Um, and I, I think it caught some people by surprise. Um, but I think it's it's certainly good for NASCAR. And, you know, obviously, employees of NBC Sports, it's something we certainly have an interest in. Um, NASCAR uh, has used Fox and NBC to broadcast its Xfinity races um, since 2015. But prior to that, there was a stretch there where Xfinity races were on ESPN exclusively. 
from about I think it was 2007 to 2014. So it's it's a it's not um, it's not unique in the sense that it's been done before. It's not unprecedented, but uh, it, it will be interesting to see like how the series, how the Xfinity series is showcased or marketed when it has its own network. That's um, I think I think you can make you can make up a list of pros or cons in either direction. But I think like just kind of seeing how it unfolds will, will be interesting. But like you know certainly good for NASCAR. I mean if you look at uh, the deal numbers that have been reported. Uh, the size of that contract, I think, is something that should make NASCAR happy and, and probably a lot of Xfinity teams happy as well because they're going to benefit from a lot of extra cash being in the points fund. So uh, when can we see you on TV? Are you still the uh, the TV superstar? <laughs> I don't know about that, Matt. Um, I was on the post-race from Iowa Speedway last Sunday. I do a little bit of IndyCar now as well. So um, I did do, do a couple of interviews Sunday. Uh, at Iowa, I don't know if I'll make it this weekend. We uh, we do a lot of our stuff digitally now on camera, um, so uh, there's a something we call Motor Mouse that we tape every Monday and Thursday. That's sort of like a, wait, a race weekend review or preview. And uh, I did one with uh, Dave Burns and, and Dale Jarrett that's on the Motorsports on NBC YouTube channel. So I guess if you want to check me out on camera, you could see me there. But I also um, have a podcast, the NASCAR on NBC podcast, that goes up. Uh, every Monday, and that's available on podcast apps, but it's also available on YouTube. So I'm also on camera there. But I know it's not the same as being on NBC, but <laughs> well, <laughs> I'll take what I can get. Well, we, uh, we hope you have uh, a great time back here in Richmond, Nate, uh, and we always appreciate the time. Always a pleasure uh, joining you, Matt. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. All right. Uh, that is Nate Ryan of uh, NBC Sports. Follow him on Twitter at Nate Ryan and check out the NASCAR on NBC podcast, uh, which is on uh, YouTube. So, yeah, so I'm looking at the odds. For the race, Martin Truex Jr., your favorite, four to one. Denny's five to one. Larson six to one. Christopher Bell eight to one. Harvick and Byron nine to one. Kyle Busch is eleven to one. I always laugh, not that I know who these guys are, but um, I always laugh at the guys who are at the bottom. Not at them. I'm just laughing that there's a guy, there's two guys, three guys who are tied for the worst odds. They are two thousand to one. Ty Dillon, BJ McLeod, and JJ Yaley. So if you put a dollar on any of those three to win, you'd win $2,000. Now there's a reason why they're down there. They're probably not going to win, but uh, I just I I always find it interesting cuz the books always have to put out money, uh, uh, odds for everybody who's in a race cuz you can't have a race winner and then not have them actually have odds. So um Good luck to those three. Hopefully they do well, and if they win, maybe you put a dollar on it and you win $2,000. Uh, as we go to break, uh, third caller at 804-327-0888 will win a copy of NASCAR 75 Years. It's a hardcover book. There's photography. There's great stories about the history of NASCAR. Uh, third caller to 804-327-0888 will win a copy of the book. Let's take a time out. Coming up, we will replay my interview with Dino Babers, the head coach of Syracuse, and I'll give you my list as to how I think the conference will end up. Uh, you're listening to 1061 ESPN.